you're listening to Having a Chat, the show where we talk to interesting people with interesting taste in music about the music that they love. I'm Alex Spears, and this week we are chatting with Sam Coffey of Toronto-based band Sam Coffey and the Iron Lungs. This band has been a favorite of mine for quite a long time, and their latest record, The Real One, sees them incorporating a lot of interesting new sonic changes, so I'm very excited to have Sam with us to chat about some music. This is Having a Chat. Sam, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Alex. Yeah, of course, of course. So, the the first thing that I want to talk to you about is like so, something that like a theme, I guess you could say that we keep coming back to on this show is um, trying to capture a live sound in a recording. It, it's been really interesting for me, just as someone who's so fascinated by this concept, to sort of talk to different artists about how they go about achieving that sound um my understanding is that that was something that was important to you all on uh on this latest record um and that uh your producer uh played a big role in that so i was wondering if you could sort of walk us through um sort of how you guys went about capturing that live sound on this latest record yeah like it came from like a lot of like trial and error honestly like because we found that uh we've recorded you know, in the when we did like our first album, like I've been in this band since I was 18. I've been in this band for like 14 years. So, but when I first started with the Toronto lineup, we kind of did our recording together ourselves. It was like a home recording. It was bashed together. And it was like, really, it was a great record. Super like, it was like a piece in time, you know, but then when we started going into studios, uh, the people we were working with, you know, just really started to, help us up our game because we weren't a tight live band and many bands, unfortunately, you know, haven't, haven't really learned, haven't like had the opportunity to learn that and stuff. And we were one of them for sure. And we, we just did, we just weren't tight. And then we, we went to the studio more and more and with different people. And um, the more we went with different people, the more we realized that we're just like, Oh, we need to get better live all the time. And that's the most important thing. So we started pummeling a click into all of our ears, like a synced click track when we were practicing. Um, And we just became before we, then that, that was like our whole goal is to like get like completely tight, for the record so we can actually just walk into the studio do our thing and then walk out and that's what we did we just got super tight and we it took us like t- i think nine days to record the whole thing which isn't a lot of time to record a 10 like a 10 or 11 song album and then we just banged it out because we were tight and that's what we wanted to do and we're like that was and that's always been what we're best at we're what we've always been celebrated as a live band because you know we like to put on a good show and we like to give put on a spectacle and we wanted to put that onto a record yeah. as best as we could, and that's what we did with this one. Yeah, we we had a band on at one point, um, a band out of the UK called Bad Nerves, and 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 they were talking about how they actually found the click track to be kind of limiting. Did you did you find that was the case at all? No, because with like, not at all, really. Uh, yeah. We just like like if we need to slow down the tempo, we can just program the click. Like we're right, old right, school. Right. Is, we're we're old school too. Like we love to 
you know, use analog gear and right, stuff, right, right. but we're also, we also want to take in as much as we can and become as, as good as musicians as we right, can right, be. Right. And, and a lot of that takes is, uh, you know, a lot of that, you know, takes harnessing today's technologies, which you can easily do. And there's a lot of times in the songs where our tempo is fluctuated, but you just program them into the click track and you go with it. And by the way, no shade on bad nerves that records. Right. Great. Right. Yeah. 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 No, great. Great band. Yeah. They're incredible. Um, all right. So, uh, um, I, I'm, I, well, so I'm, I'm happy to hear that, you know, bad nerves like that. That's great. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, they're they great. Become, yeah. yeah. They become a favorite of mine. Um, so, uh, I want to get into some songs off of, um, off of the record gates of heaven, uh, is one that sort of stands out to me. It also, as I understand, it's one of your favorites. Um, yeah. uh, but, uh, it, it's the reason it stuck out to me is because it, it, it's an epic. I, like, I, I can't think of any other way to describe it other than an epic. Like, you know, you you come in with this kind of like lo-fi kind of raunchy guitar and then like strings and horns and then it just comes at you like guns blazing. Like it, it, it's it's quite a tune, man. And like, yeah, I don't even, I don't, I don't even know where to begin. But like, what was uh, what was the, the songwriting process like behind that? Like incorporating all those different sounds and you know, why is it your, your favorite tune? Um, you know, it, the writing process is like the same as anything, as any other song. It just kind of comes naturally. It's like, I'm really lucky that, you know, I can just like kind of turn off and tune out and that kind of stuff comes, uh, but that comes with like practice. And like, I know, like I've been practicing for a long time and I've been writing for a long time, but like when the song started coming to me, I just like, it was, uh, it was a it was a bit of a departure for our band so right. it took like it took a bit of coax and the, like the guys like like trust me like i, I know yeah. i know it's seven minutes long but we can do it and <laughs> and uh and then you know we just started building more and more to it and like and once it clicked with it with the band like once we started jamming it like i remember first showing the intro to the guys and we're and we were all really excited and when we when we built it up and we fit when we figured it out we were all just like yeah this is this is great and that's what i love doing more than anything like that's the thing that i love doing in this band is i don't give a shit about any other aspect i just love executing an idea and getting it done and and putting that plan into action i know that sounds like super corporate like i just love execute i just like love making a plan of something and executing it and then like pressing play at the end and just being like, Oh my God. Like when I first heard that song, when it was all mixed back with the strings and everything, I just bawled my eyes out because it was a, it was, it was that's exactly what I wanted. What we, what we all wanted it to be. You know? Yeah. Well, and I don't even think it's, it's corporate at all. It's, it, it's just like this idea of like, you don't want to kind of waste time in realizing your vision. Right. Like, and, and I think that yeah. that's, that that's something that's, that's so important, but I, I, I suspect all too rare in, in people who, you know, write songs and who create things. It should happen with any creator. You should want to contribute to the art form and you should want to like make something beautiful that like, it, no matter how much impact this album has, like I will look back at that song and just be like, oh my God, I, I'm so glad I wrote that. Like, and like, cause like I, I will be like for the rest of my life. And like, and that's and that's the number one reason you should do it. You know, you should j- try to contribute to the art form and try to make something that you want to look at for the rest of your life. And you know, if it, if if other people like it, you're just super lucky. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, and then the the, the thing that I was kind of curious about it um, is, so you know, the, the the strings and the you know the saxophone, like all, all these things that are sort of you know worked into it. Do you think that? 
like and and I don't know enough about your songwriting process to to you know perhaps know how best to phrase this but was that assisted like what was your willingness to kind of work things into it like that assisted by the fact that you didn't because of the pandemic you didn't really have to figure out how to do it live well the pandemic we had this record in the can before the pandemic like right, a year okay. before the pandemic okay. so like we had the when with this record we knew like we looked back, like like we like stopped, like we practiced the songs and we looked, took a step back, and we're like, what are our limitations? What can we do? What can we not do? And what do we need help with? And then that's when we reached out to the community, and we reached out to like amazing bands like Ace of Wands, and you know, amazing amazing people like like Joseph Chavazon and like um, Sean. Chanteuse who sang like on like you know like four of the songs of the record we were all in a band with her in Sphinx and she's like just got the most incredible voice and like we knew that we had limitations and stuff and we had to reach out to the community and we were very excited to do that and the amount that they contributed like like Paul uh, Ehrlichman like did the string arrangements and then worked with all all this all the the players and like the amount of that they contributed to the songs is like, you know, par- like unparamount. They, they, they did so much to, to make the, that record, everything that it is. And I, I couldn't, we couldn't have done it if we didn't reach out to the community. Yeah. Well, and that's such a, just a powerful idea, right? That like, you know, when you, when you kind of, you put the word out, people will come and, and, and you, and you can really make it a, like a meaningfully, as a sentimental sure. guy. We were nice. nervous about it because we were like, right. what if they're not going to answer the phone? Right. Because, and you know, we, we were lucky to get like everybody that we did because, you know, we have like, we're like a, a punk band who's on the radio somehow. And I don't know how the hell we got on there. And like, so we were calling these like really awesome, like players, who are like, you know, like really like celebrated in the community and the scene and stuff. We're like, Oh God, are they going to think we're lame? But you know, they, they weren't, they were just like really happy to like work with us. And they were the really cool people, really chill, really chill, cool people. Well, and I, I think it speaks to the idea that, you know, at the end of the day, like a good song's a good song and, and you know, people, people will, uh, will be drawn to that. Yeah. Thank you. So, so I, I guess what's your, what's your plan for, uh, for playing these songs live once, uh, once that uh, sort of comes around then. Oh, we got it. Dave, Dave Tyson, our keyboard player, he like pretty much figured out all the layers to all the string arrangements and stuff. And we played a great show uh, at the, at the horseshoe that was like live stream right, for right, like right. record yeah, release. Yeah. And, and we, uh, I saw the footage and we're working on something from that kind of cool. stuff. But we, it's like, they're all bangers and they're like, like all the string arrangements, we pull it. We we that's the thing that we've always like we practice live, you know, in a room together when COVID wasn't happening. We were practicing like ten hours a week. We we practiced ten hours a week. So we were pretty tight and we were, you know, we uh that's what something that we pride ourselves most in. We we definitely pull it off for sure. Well, you know, good on you guys. That, that that's that's incredible. I'm stoked to hear it live. Thanks, man. Everything went black on the way to heaven's gate, and black, everything went black on the way to heaven's gate.
All right, so let's uh, let's get into your song picks. Poor, poor, pitiful me by Warren Zevon. Um, Warren Zevon, an artist that I I got to know through that uh, that old Showtime show Californication. Um, Hank Moody, <laughs> the the character, he would end his uh, all his writing sessions with whiskey, weed, and Warren Zevon. That was his uh, <laughs> that was his thing. But <laughs> what do you like about Warren Zevon? Uh, I like how different he was. He had like this like really baritone deep voice in a time where a lot of singers had a really high voice. Singers still have high voices now. And like, I really relate to that because I got a low voice and he, his writing's so funny. His writing's so funny and it's uh, really good. And it's like, you know, he's in kin with like, you know, a Kennedy or like a, a, a like a, a Bukowski or something like that. He's just a smart, witty, funny writer. And I uh, really, I really respect his writing a lot. And he's a piano guy. Love piano. We, 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 uh, we have a song on the new record called 15 minutes of fame. That is really like really a Zevon type jam that we kind of got inspired a lot by him. Right. So, and then like, you know, the, the, the thing that always intrigues me is that like, given, given his sort of, you know, broader body of work why this song uh the i was one of the first ones and the first time i heard this song was on freaks and geeks oh, no uh, and it yeah there was like it like i think i just love that show and like the the, yeah. the music supervision whoever the, whoever the music supervisor was for that show should get a should get an award but they they uh the first time i heard that i was just like oh man what a good tune yeah. and i just i just love that song and I'm a bigger fan of his earlier work than his later work, even though I need to get way more into his later work because his later work is like super good too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, big, <laughs> big love to freaks and geeks that show, man. Like, and you know, what a great thing that it ended up on Netflix uh, for, for us all to, all to enjoy. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I met a girl at the rainbow bar. She asked me if I'd beat her. Um, all right, next up, Mama, We're All Crazy Now. Like, man, I, I love this song. I love Slade. I think, like, just like, even down to, like, the way they spell this, like, where it's, like, C-R-A-Z-E-E is, like, it's just, it's so ridiculous. And, like, they're, I whenever I listen to them and watch them, I think of Spinal Tap because I feel like that's, they're exactly what Spinal Tap was emulating. You know, second time that this song's been played on the show. Uh, what do you like about Slade, and and why'd you pick this song? I like everything about Slade. I have like almost all the Slade records in my record collection, and uh, I, I I agree with you. They're just like they're just like an exaggeration of kind of what rock and roll and what kind of rock stardom was in the '70s, because rock stardom was so like was such a wild thing back then. But there's like so many different stories about them, and like. They're just so great. And Naughty Holder is like, to me, Slade really is like Naughty Holder. Like his voice is the most important thing in that band, I think. And like, I don't think anybody can sing like Naughty Holder. And uh, I have a great 
um, little monologue or story uh, when towards the end of uh, Bon Scott's career in ACDC. I don't know if it was before he died or immediately after he passed away, probably after, but they were, they were talking to Naughty Holder to try to replace Bon Scott. Right. Wow. In ACDC, which would have been, could you imagine if not Naughty Holder was in ACDC? That would have been so cool. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. That would, <laughs> like, like no disrespect to Brian Johnson, but like, yeah, that would have been, that would have been bonkers. Yeah. Love Brian, but come on naughty. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, and then they ended up getting Axl Rose for a brief period of time. Didn't they? Like recently, like for one of their tours. <laughs> You gotta gotta make money, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You gotta keep the deal coming in somehow. Yeah, I mean, like I, the it's funny because Slade, I first came to know because because of Oasis covering them, um, like uh, covering "Come On, Feel the Noise" at Main Road was like really my first introduction to Slade. But like, yeah, since then they they've definitely been uh, been big on my on my rotation. Um, do you do you at all? feel me on the spinal tap uh comparison <laughs> big time yeah there's like so many fucked up stories about them and like not like a lot of them aren't appropriate but like a lot of them like like one of them like this isn't actually i don't know how much trouble i'll get in for this but like like their their drummer suffered amnesia right and in the middle of like his sets he would forget how to play the song so like he would just like be in the set and then he'd be like and then he'd stop playing, which is like really like like it's like it's insane. The, the shit that they just went through it all. They just went right, through it right. all. Like it's just like so much wild shit. It was so fucking like what a what a band. What a story. Yeah. Nobody talks about Slade enough. Yeah, no, seriously, and that th- that is yeah. the thing that like I I, I do feel like they're they're so free- they're too frequently left out of like those conversations of like the the greats, you know. Yeah, they um, never really made it in the U.S. That's probably why, but like, yeah. it's just like such a shame. But that's crazy, man. Like, I, I, as a drummer myself, like you know, <laughs> I can't imagine just like, like just stopping, yeah, forgetting the entire beat. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. like, oh <laughs> well, like, yeah, he like he got in like a, a cr- an accident or some shit, and then like he like got amnesia, and there'd be times where he'd be in the show and he'd just forget how to play, and he'd just be like, oh shit, I just don't remember how to play this song, which is like wow like holy crap like that's so insane yeah Another another great band, I guess, of a similar era. Um, Thin Lizzy, Southbound. You know, it, it's it's another one of these, just like you know, one of one of the greats, um, perhaps underappreciated, uh, I think. Um, but uh, what do you what do you like about Thin Lizzy, and what do you like about Southbound? Phil Linnett's uh, a god. He's like the best. He's like the literally the coolest 
guy from that rock and roll era i think i think he's the coolest guy from that rock and roll era he's like just this like just the he just wrote the best songs and then he got like two of the best guitar players to back him up and it's just like what a what a just like and all their records are so good all of their records well there's probably like two that aren't good or something like that they, they, yeah you, you gotta loud. have those right you <laughs> yeah you, you can you can you can get away with that but like they're so great and they're just uh yeah i love thin lizzy they're one of my favorite bands and like they're just uh i just love the liz yeah yeah of course well and like it seems to me like this latest record is more influenced by bands like Thin Lizzy than some of your past stuff. Could you like perhaps walk us through the uh, the like the influence that uh, that Thin Lizzy's had on on the band? Yeah, well, like I mean, like one of our like the record before this one, the self titled with Tough on it, like that Tough is like we've always been influenced by Thin Lizzy, like our like our. This record, the last record, the record before that, everybody was just like, oh, these guys sound like Thin Lizzy. And like, that's how kind of people were like, kind of like, we're like, oh, okay, let's go listen to these guys because they sound like Lizzy and they're cool. So, like, uh, that's like, we've always, we've never hit it. We've, and it's like, it's in like, and it's mainly because of the guitar harmonies and like the bassiness in my voice. And, you know, sometimes we just write a Thin Lizzy like tune. Right. And yeah. uh, it's, uh, we're, we're not, uh, we're not shy about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's funny because, like, because I, I, th- I think that another band that writes songs that also kind of sound remind me of Thin Lizzy is White Reaper. So it was cool to hear that uh, that you guys had the same producer as uh, as them on the yeah. record. Um, what can yeah, you, what yeah. can you tell us about the the influence that uh, that he played on uh, on the latest album? Oh, Kevin Ratterman is the best. He's so great. He um, he basically was just like wherever we were unsure of the songs, like, so we're like an instance, like for back with the gang, which like, you know, is like, it was spinning on the radio. I think it is still spinning on the radio for a while, like, but it, which is really great. And we feel super lucky, but like, we were going to record that song, like 20 BPM slower. And uh, we were just going to go into it way more sludgier and like more like, kind of stoner rocky and he was just like no man speed that up like like, you guys should speed it up and it's not like and it's not like he like like say in the past like producers we worked with are just like you gotta speed that up you you gotta do it or or like you you know but like he was uh he was just like you guys should try speeding this up and he just let us be ourselves and he kind of just pushed us in the right direction but like he literally like was just like you guys got to get really tight because you should record everything live because if you're a good live band you got to record live so that's what we did and we just recorded it live and uh the fact that he mixed all because like we're a six-person band and everybody plays on the record and then we got all these string players and all these and all these saxophone players and all these guest vocalists real team and all these like we had like like 20 people on some of the tracks and like the fact that he mixed them all together is just like like thank you thank you kevin for (laughs) making this record uh actual listenable uh piece because like mixing mixing all that down is really hard (laughs) and uh i can imagine yeah like he slammed it through all his vintage gear to like make it just sound really like old and beautiful which is what we wanted and he was super uh he was just he was just great we and we got it done in like you know like nine days or something like that was like or 10 days maybe i think 10 days but we got done really quick he was just so great yeah yeah for sure that's great that's like that makes me happy to hear that the boom 
time it is over A ghost town is all that's left here The gold rush it is over And depression days draw near Tonight after sundown I'm gonna pack my case All right, so next is uh, Fan the Flames by Sheer Mag. Now, Sheer Mag is one of these bands that, like, people keep telling me to check them out, and for whatever reason, I've never gotten around to it. What is, like, your kind of elevator pitch for Sheer Mag? Like, if it's, like, if you're trying to convince someone, say me, to listen to Sheer Mag and listen to this song, like, what's the, what's the, what's the pitch? They're the single best modern group that play guitar in their music that incorporate guitar so every band that plays guitar in a band doesn't have shit on this band <laughs> they are the best guitar band they are the best guitar band today that they're the best guitar band today and like it's not just because the guitar playing it's like sheena the singer is like like she is like she delivers um she's not only does she have like the best voice but she delivers such an important message which is just like really i think the message is the most important part of a song especially in days like today and she is delivering she is serving up huge portions of just like eye-opening things that like eye-opening lyrics that you really need to listen to and her message is super important and it's it's uh especially for rock for rock and it's like it's it's she's just uh she's amazing and sheer mag is just like they're just they're just the best band they're just the best band well that (laughs) an endorsement doesn't get much better than that that's crazy so uh, talk to me a little bit about like you know the importance of sort of conveying meaning um in lyrics because you know it's always it always seems like it's kind of a challenge to do it in a way that that isn't kind of cringy um so I mean, it, it all depends from the, like, you have to live your truth and you have to like, but, and, but you also have to like seek, we should all be trying to seek a better world that we all want to live in. But like, you know, like I've been trying to deliver a better message in my music, but I can only like, like my band is full of six white dudes, right? Like we like, we're trying to not take up space. We're trying to leave space for everybody else. And we're trying to, if the light's going to shine on us ever, we make sure, you know, we got to. You got to kind of lend your voice to other people's, I think, is the best kind. And that's and that's I can only speak from my perspective, because like I'm in a band full of like six privileged white dudes like and and, like and we kind of just got to lend our voice wherever we can and just uh, and lend our space out to folks that need it and are are more deserving of it than us, really. Right. And that's the most important thing You, you can't. And, you know, you like at the same time, like if you don't want to participate, you don't have to. That's it's something I've been kind of thinking about a lot. And I just see some stuff that I think should change. And I am trying to do it as best as I can from where I am. But 
you know, I, and I'm, and I'm listening. The most important thing is you got to listen. Like th- that's the most important thing is you got to listen to what's going on. And that's, that's really the most important yeah. thing. Well, and, and listen to learn as well. Right. Like, cause you know, too, <laughs> too often, I think people listen so that they can come up with a, with a counter argument. And it's just, it's just not that helpful. Like, as you said, like, you know, privileged white dudes, like, uh, like you and myself really do need to just reflect and learn from other people's lived experiences and, and give them a platform wherever possible. And, and I've certainly been like really like happy to see like, you know, the, the extent to which like you guys have um, sort of lended your voice to certain causes around the city, like, you know, um, on your social media and things like that. Like that's been, that that's, I, I love seeing bands that do that. Yeah. I mean, that's the bare minimum. Like you gotta, but, but like at the same time, like there's like, you know, you don't have to, to like, I see bands that I respect a lot that don't really participate in any politics. And I respect that too, but it's just, it's, it's a, it's a really, it's a thing we're all trying to learn a little bit from, but I think you just, that's what you got to do. You got to listen, you got to learn and you got to, um, you know, lend your voice out when you can and, uh, lend your platform out when you can, I guess. So the last of the songs that you've picked, "Keep It Warm" by Flo and Eddie. Uh, what do you like about uh, What do you like about this tune? Uh, I started listening to Numero Group. It's like a record label out of Chicago that like kind of do a lot of uh, re-releases of like archive material and stuff, and like rare rare singles. And they, I heard this song, and it's just like it's really funny, like Zevon. It's like really clever. And it's like, but like super like piercing too, which I think Zevon's a lot like. And I just thought it was like a really great song. I started listening to it after we recorded the real one, to be honest. But it, I just really liked this song. I was just like, oh, this is a great song to add. Yeah. <laughs> and, and some, sometimes that's all it is, right? Yeah. That's all it is. Like we, you, yeah. you don't need there to be some like crazy deeper meaning or crazy story. Sometimes you just, a good song's a good song. Yeah, I just think people should listen to this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> Baby and hold one Hold her in your 
All right, so uh, we're going to wrap up with um, Run Angel. Again, my understanding Ooh. is that this is another one of uh, your favorites off the off the new album, unless I'm completely mistaken. No, um, you are, you're correct, yeah. Now, I do, like, so 70% of the time I get this right, where I will sort of take a shot in the dark and, like, say this song seems like it was influenced by this. As I said, 70% of the time I get it wrong, or I get it right, so I'm going to just take this shot in the dark. Take it. Sounds a little bit like um, Leonard Cohen. Uh, I mean, thank you. Uh, but I, I, I think you're off. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that, which, so, which, Leonard, which Leonard Cohen song? Uh, Hallelujah. And it was. Wow. Nice. Well, but you. like, especially I, in the <laughs> intro, there was like. I don't remember what the line was. Oh, the lyrics. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's amazing. When I was listening to it, I was like, "Oh, that sounds like what? What did he?" Yeah, the like, Iron Gate, your bedroom door, a figure yeah. eight. Oh, it was magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's that. Thank you. That's a that's very nice. I would say I was more influenced by like Roy Orbison and John Lennon. Okay, but um, but I can definitely see because like this song is like a brill building, like kind of like classical, like like yeah, yeah. pop song in that vein, and like Hallelujah is uh like a classic yeah. and thank you <laughs> so th- <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for thinking that uh that's so nice holy shit i love leonard cohen i think he's literally i think pound for pound he is the best lyricist of all time yeah and uh agree. like i think he's better than bob i think he's better than bob dylan yeah uh i think he's you know yeah i think he's the best lyricist of all time because like when you listen to his lyrics it's just like whoa so yeah. so thank you holy shit and yeah. uh but but this is one of my favorite songs that i've ever written because it took me a long time to write it so, so. Well, and so talk to me about that a little bit like you know and, and so much of, of of what i'm interested in exploring on this show is informed by the fact that i am not a particularly creative person and i am just infinitely in awe of people who are um so i'm i'm endlessly fascinated by songwriting process and i one of the things that i've come to find really interesting is how like you know, some some people will talk about how they've written a song and it's taken like three years and sometimes they'll think that that's great and sometimes they'll way rather a song that they just threw together and put out and, you know, so like where where do you find yourself in that? Like, do you, do you like to take a long time on a song or? No, I don't. <laughs> like, I never like to take, I want it to be done and I want it to be over with and I want to record it and then I want to move on to the next thing. But like some songs are like some songs I know are going to be like really special to me. And like some of them I take like and some of them like some of them are weird songs, too. Like some of them are songs that like are just like really a real deep cut on like a record that like you'd never think took me a long time. But like this one took me probably like four years to write. And I remember because I when we were recording our self-titled with Alex Bonifant, I showed him this song. And he's like, oh man, I wish we record, we could record that right now. And we tried, we tried to record it, but the, 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 um, the uh, arrangement wasn't there yet. So he, but he said like, he was like, this is the best song you wrote. This is the best song you've ever written. So like, we tried to mess around with the arrangement for a while and then it just wasn't working. And then I just like, I sat on it for a long time and I would really, like I really woodshedded the hell out of it. I changed the drum beats on my computer. It was all on, like on my computer where I would like change the drum beats, change the bass line. And then finally, like I landed on the arrangement and I showed it to the guys. Cause usually 
when I bring a song to the guys, like the arrangement, I, sometimes I don't even need an arrangement. The guys are just like, okay, I know what to do. Right, and right, like, right. Cause it's like super obvious, like what you, just what we're going to do. Yeah. It's just like, okay, we're done. And then, but this song was not like that. And it was like, it just took like, it was, it was like, I wouldn't say it was frustrating at times, but it was just like, it was just taking a long time to nail. And then I finally figured out the progression and then I showed the guys and they were like, okay, yeah, this, this feels right. And then we recorded it for real one. We knew we wanted to record it for real one. And this, like, I, I, uh, I got to take a bit more direction on this song, which was really me- meaningful to me because like, uh, it was like, a, I think it was a personal song for me. And it just like, I just wanted to make it, uh, as big as I could. And it took so long to write. And it's funny that you asked that. Like, I was like, when you asked that, I was like counting back the years and how long <laughs> it took for me to like write it and record it. And it, we recorded it three times too. We recorded it with my friend Tyler before we recorded the self-titled, we recorded it, during the self-titled sessions and then we finally finished it on the real one sessions which was like god damn at least we finished yeah, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, got, you got there in the end and it's you know like i feel like if, if you're so if you're usually just so like mission oriented like get it done get it in get it out like you know no wonder it stands out in your mind right like because it, 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 it's it's like a labor of love yeah like I, <laughs> like you like it's it's funny like like two of the favorite songs on the record have the string arrangements on them. Like, right. <laughs> like I wonder, I wonder why. Like, maybe you're like, onto something. Like, yeah, like, yeah, maybe, maybe it's because I begged the band to put them on. But like, right. but yeah, like it's it's just like yeah, it's just like that's what you know. Those songs are special, and it's just like they stand out for me for sure. But like the weirdest part about that is like the songs that take you so long to write and focus is like when you show when you show like the, like the folks for like premieres or for like, you know, like singles or whatever you want to like focus, like any like me- media stuff you want to focus on the songs. Uh, like, it's just like maybe this song instead. And you're just like, what? That song that I spent like half an hour writing. It's yeah. like, really you want that one? But it's, but it all, but you know, this, this is science to it. And I, 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 it's, I, I'm starting to learn it a lot more, but I really appreciate it when people bring up those songs. Cause I'm just like, yeah, thank you. I can just talk about it at length. And like, it's really nice to talk about them. And, uh, I'm really, uh, yeah, I, I can go on about it for hours, but like, it's, uh, that song is like, I think that's might be my favorite, like my favorite one on the, right, right. On the record too. Well, it's, which it's, is, it's beautiful, man. Like it, it's a really beautiful, thank you so much. It's really beautiful. All right, so we are we are getting now to everyone's favorite part of the show, where you get to plug your stuff. Um, so basically, like you know, plug the album, the socials, all all the fun stuff that uh, that everyone loves to hear. All right, well, hello, I'm Sam from Sam Coffee in the Iron Lungs. 
And uh, we just put out a album called Real One on Dynalone Records. Um, and my mom says it's our best record. And a lot of people think it's our best record. And I'm re- I think it's our best record. And uh, you can order it from dynalonestore.com. And uh, our socials are Coffee and Lungs. That's C-O-F-F-E-Y and Lungs across everything. And uh, we just, uh, we're going to, we have a couple announcements coming up soon because now that everything's opening up, we got a couple, we got a couple things going on. So yeah. we're really excited. Are you guys still doing the D and D sessions on Twitch? Uh, they kind of died off, to be quite <laughs> okay. honest with you. But uh, I should, uh, I really should get back on, into them because I love D and D. Yeah. And uh, but now that we're, yeah, because because we're still like kind of, uh, I don't know how safe it is to practice right now. It's so confusing. It's like. So, uh, I'll, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, we'll stay tuned. I kind of want, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, and, and also, you know, the, the, the endorsement of, uh, of the mom is, uh, is perhaps the most important endorsement. So, uh, yeah, man, <laughs> my mom loves good music. So yeah, my mom loves good music and she says it's the, she says it's the best one. So there you so, go. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right, Sam. Go. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Alex. All right, thanks very much to Sam for joining us on the show this week. As always, you can find full versions of this show wherever you get your podcasts or at havingachat.com. The show is produced by myself, Alex Anderson, and Hillary Johnston. Social media and marketing materials are done by Petra Walker. Theme music is composed by Duncan Briggs and Sugar Glass. And if you have time, please feel free to rate us on your podcast listening app of choice. It really helps us out. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.